0: sci-fi fans. This is Christopher Heyerdahl, and you're listening to Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. Live
1: long and prosper.
0: Bad feeling about this. I'm tired away from the things I want
2: to do. This is going to get pretty interesting. Define interest. Oh God, oh God, we're all going to die? I
1: only tried to realize
0: There is no spoon.
3: You are listening to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. And now, from the end of the universe, bringing you the latest in science fiction movies and television shows, here are your hosts. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, a place we are discussing tons of good sci-fi, and maybe not so good sci-fi. We are absolutely ecstatic to be here tonight. It's been two weeks and it's been way too long. My name is Scott Hertzog. And hello, I am Miles P. McLaughlin. He is, and we are back after a week break. Miles. How was your two weeks, your two-week hiatus from me driving the whip and the slavery of this podcast? Go ahead.
2: It was just uh, time just to study for school. It was no real break per se. It was just I had to study so I can pass my tests and just get through it. That's all it was about.
3: Yeah, and uh, and we were, of course, from our end of things— Uh, we have a, we have a street fair locally here and, uh, you know, and I was sick and there was just tons of other stuff you probably heard in the last podcast that I was kind of a little bit under the weather, but, uh, we are glad to be back. We have got an excellent, excellent, excellent show for you tonight. We have an interview tonight with Christopher Heyerdahl from Sanctuary and Stargate Atlantis. He played Todd, if you didn't know, we're going to be talking about, a Firefly, where are they now? Kind of thing. Fire, we're gonna find out the flash forward rocks the premieres. And uh, is dollhouse really dead? And also, news that V could be in trouble. Fox could be the reason. Fringe is getting low ratings. And can any hero save heroes? I don't know. Uh, maybe Hero Nakamura can. One reason to see Riverworld surrogate struggles. There's treasure trap, <laughs> treasure. Trouble for The Hobbit, if I can speak. Horror film cliches. Of flies being reborn yet again. Dark Knight meets Ghost Rider 2. And one film that we're excited about? The Road. So tons of stuff, Miles, on the agenda tonight, huh?
2: Oh, we got a lot to talk about.
3: Yeah, we'll see if we can fit it all into one show. Some of that, if we don't speak about it, it will be in the show notes, which, of course, you can find at the Sci-Fi Diner com. Anyways, thank you so much for everyone that continues to be an active partner in our community. Tons of feedback on the premieres, and we're going to be talking about that a little bit later. And uh, just some great stuff. I want to read just, Miles, I didn't tell you this, but I want to read an email that I got from one of our listeners. Uh, this is a lady by the name of Jeralyn, and uh, she actually works for Family Guy. So we talked about that, Miles, a little bit. but um, And she's one of the artists for Family Guy. And if you haven't done so and you're a Family Guy fan, you got to check out Multiverse, the most recent episode, which, of course, honors sliders. But she writes, Hi there. I recently found your podcast through Cliff Ravenscraft's Podcast Answer Man. clip of you. And I'm loving it. I love the topics, a nice dynamic between the hosts. It's very good. I listen to podcasts all day long as I sit at my desk. And over the last two years, it's always nice to find a new one. Geraldine, thank you so much for leaving that positive comment. We love the fact that we can become part of your repertoire of podcasts that you 're listening to all day and uh, <clears throat> we 're just grateful that we can torture you in that way. Tons of dialogue also about the season premieres, mirrors, like I said we uh miles and I were talking. we think we 're going to actually release a separate episode so you get two episodes this week, and that episode will be nothing more than. Uh, your commentary, the, sh- the notes and, and ideas that you gave us about their premieres and about the end of Warehouse 13, and you're going to get our thoughts on that as well as a chance for us to kind of share your feedback and to let you know our thoughts on these shows, but it won't interrupt the news and the other things that, that we kind of get into in this podcast. Uh, as always, there are many ways to support this podcast. If you haven't done so, we encourage you to cast your vote in iTunes. It helps other people find us and enjoy what you have been enjoying. Why don't we move into our trivia? Miles?
2: All right. Well, last time we were together uh, and since we had an interview with Robert Picardo, I asked um, two popular science fiction movies that Robert Picardo was in uh, excluding Star Trek first contact. Right.
3: And the and prize for that was what
2: we were going to give away. Uh, uh
3: season three dvd of smallville Ooh, season two actually season two I'm Season sorry. two. it's all right uh, you know anyways smallville we're giving away smallville right tell us about the winners
2: well matt mather and ben j martin answered the questions correctly
3: yes and uh and the winner we since we only give, give one we did rock paper scissors before the show and who won
2: um ben martin you are the winner.
3: Yes. And they both sent in, uh, they sent in a bunch of answers, including Star Trek, but they sent two movies in each that were actually, uh, non Star Trek related that he was in. So it was kind of cool.
2: I was impressed though. There was a couple of movies I, I didn't know he was in and, you know, that's great. Um, I was thinking of inner space and, uh, gremlins too, but, uh, they, they, they got, uh, he was, uh, the voice of Johnny cab for, um, total recall.
3: Yeah. And in, in the howling and, uh, a lot of good stuff. We also got a ton of spam answers. And I'm just saying this for the record, right? I, I, you know, what, Miles, what was your comment before the show?
2: Well, if you've been spammed, you know you've made it.
3: Yes. Yeah, so I guess we've arrived in some way. I don't know. But anyways, we got tons of spam answers. If you're spamming us, please don't. You know, send in your, send in your email, your address. And whatever you do, if you're going to send in your answers, don't send it in in a format that looks the same from 20 different people. Yeah, because it makes me suspicious. And so if I deleted yours erroneously, I'm extremely sorry. But, uh, you know, it was just hard to tell. Uh, It did look like, even though they're from different people, the the answers look copied straight over. Uh, Now, it could have been, could have been that uh, you copied them straight from IMDb. And if so, I'm extremely sorry. But uh, I just want to put that out. Anyways, uh, we have trivia again this week, don't we, Miles? Yes, we do. And uh, in this trivia, we don't have anything related to this trivia that we're giving away, but we are going to give away a copy, another copy of Batman Beyond and uh, the new hero for new era. This, of course, is the animated Batman cartoon, the most recent incarnation of the cartoon. And our trivia question this week is what, Miles?
2: All right. This week's trivia. Uh, When dollhouse creator Joss Whedon first tried to contact Eliza Dushku about doing the show, what was she doing?
3: Ooh, and this is a good answer for this one. That trivia question, by the way, comes care of Doug Kent on Twitter. Thank you so much for uh, sending us that trivia question. If you know the answer to this trivia question... You need to prove your geek cred to us. And you can do so by calling 1-888-508-4343 and leaving a voicemail. We'll happily get that. You can also email us at the sci-fi diner podcast at gmail.com. And also at you can also Twitter us at sci-fi diner. And you can also do our personal Twitters if you care. Mine's Herzog, H-E-R-T-Z-O-G, and Miles.
2: I am son of Warf at Twitter.
3: Yeah. All right, we are going to take a brief break, and we're going to hear about our friend in the UK who does the New Forest podcast, and uh, it is going to be awesome. Anyways, uh, if you haven't done so, please check out the New Forest podcast, and here's the promo.
1: Join me, Alex Fenson, at www.newforestpodcast.co.uk new news views facts figures coming events from around the new forest here in the south of uk mixed with a selection of podsafe music join me now at www.newforestpodcast.co.uk from the New Forest podcast and you've probably guessed from my accent that I'm a Brit. Hey, none of us are perfect. So don't let my accent put you off when I tell you that one of my favourite podcasts is the Sci-Fi Diner podcast presented by those very nice chaps Scott Hertog and Mars McLaughlin. In the Sci-Fi Diner podcast, Scott and Miles serve up spicy conversations relating to the latest menu of sci-fi movies and television shows, together with interviews with all sorts of people from the sci-fi world and even cast members from well-known science fiction shows and films. If you're a sci-fi fan, then you really need to listen and subscribe to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. If you're not a sci-fi fan, then you still need to listen and subscribe to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. Why? Well, to use an American colloquialism that you lovely people on your side of the pond would use, it's rather awesome. So take my advice and visit www.scifidinerpodcast.com.
3: All right, welcome back to the show. We, of course, in this segment of the show are going to do our 10, 10, and 10. That means 10 minutes of sci-fi TV, 10 minutes of sci-fi movies, and 10 minutes of sci-fi DVDs. The timer is rolling, so let's get started. Our first piece of news is seven years after Firefly, where are they now? What is the cast of Firefly up to? And uh, we obviously are interested in this. Miles, huge Firefly fan, right? absolutely yeah and so and it's always good i don't know about you but when i'm watching tv it is always exciting to see actors that you know from your favorite show pop up in series that maybe you didn't know they were in or maybe you knew they were in and you're watching that series because of it and and with especially with this you you,
2: you i don't know even though you don't know these people personally you feel like you do so there's a special bond between the, the cast of firefly and the fans
3: and you know if only all 13 episode series could ever could be this popular you know that's what right. i'm saying we of course know what josh whedon Josh whedon's up to he's dr horrible sing-along blog and of course the dollhouse is the most current thing uh nathan fillion well you know what nathan fillion's up to, miles
2: he is uh he, he's in the show castle he is the uh he is the, playing a roguish novelist named Richard Castle who works with the police to solve crimes while annoying his pretty police detective partner.
3: Gina Torres, of course, has been in tons of stuff, including The Matrix. She was in Justice League, Alias, Standoff, Angel, 24, yada, yada, yada. She had a couple of different appearances, but most not- notably, she's going to be up-and-coming guest starring on ABC's Flash Forward, so be looking out for her. She's going to be there. Alan Tudyk, of course. Everyone knows that he is in... He's Alpha from Dollhouse. Now the question becomes, what capacity is that going to play season two? We don't know yet. But he, of course, was in Yuma, 310 to Yuma, most recent movie, and Halo 3, the video game. And he will guest star on ABC's V. Just saying, that will be cool. That will be cool. Uh, do you want to do Marina?
2: Uh, sure. Marina Baccarin. She played Anara Sarah, the, true, the, the comely attractive command, companion and only respectable uh, person on the ship. She's taken on a wide variety of roles in Still Life, Justice League, The O.C., Heartland. Still, she continues to pull be pulled back towards sci-fi. Her most notable role for sci-fi audiences is is Adria on Stargate SG-1. However, she'll be soon appearing in the leading role this season of V as Anna, the
3: leader of the Visitors. And we, of course, are looking forward to that, although we have some news that may or may not be the best thing about that. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Adam Baldwin, of course, uh, has been in tons of stuff. Uh, You know, my first experience seeing him was Independence Day. He, of course, has been in SG-1, Angel, but he seems to have landed a good, sweet spot as John Major John Casey in the show Chuck, which returns for her third season after the Olympics in March of 2010.
2: Jules State, uh, she played the gifted ship's mechanic Kaylee. F- uh,
3: yeah.
2: However, it wasn't until Stargate Atlantis that she began appearing in an ongoing role again, playing Dr. Jennifer Keller. Rumors are that Dr. Keller will return, despite the fact that the series finished its run. Reports are that State is starring in the first Stargate Atlantis movie, Stargate Extinction, which would air first on Sci-Fi and then be released on DVD.
3: Yeah, and even though I know it, 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 at our con this summer there was rumors that this may not be going forward and it had been halted, it seems to be that the Stargate movies are moving forward again. Sean um, may- may- Mayer, is that how you say his last name? I'm Simon not sure. Tan. Simon Tan. Anyways, um, he's currently working on a romantic comedy called Timing and starring opposite, which stars opposite Eureka's Colin Ferguson as his love interest. So it sounds like there's a movie coming out for him. We all okay. know what Summer Glau has been doing. What has Summer Glau been doing?
2: Well, Summer Glau, uh, she started as River Tam, the schizophrenic yeah. genius on the run from the Alliance with her brother Simon. But what has her... she
3: been doing recently since Firefly Miles? That's what I want to know.
2: Well, uh, she, she was uh, a Terminator on Terminator of the Sierra Connell Chronicles. Oh, she kicked uh, ass. Kicking butt and taking names.
3: Absolutely. And, and uh, we're, we're going to see her where else?
2: She's going to be on Dollhouse.
3: Oh, man. I can't wait. And it sounds like that, I've been hearing news that this is going to be a more regular role for her. But
2: that, That's good. I'll be good to see her again. It will.
3: She plays the role of Bennett, an eccentric programmer for the rival Dollhouse. A rival Dollhouse. Good.
2: So so she's not playing a doll?
3: No. Well, it's hard to know at this point. She's a programmer, but, whatever that means. Right. Ron Glass, of course, who is Shepherd Book in the show is in a comedy that's coming out in the spring of 2010 called Death at a Funeral. So we'll see. That's probably his most recent thing. And uh, that's about it.
2: Okay. I saw Flash Forward um, last week. Um, I thought it was pretty good. It's uh, the new kid on the block as far as sci-fi shows. As was expected, ABC's new sci-fi drama Flash has run away with the ratings in its premiere episode. The show dominated the, ra- the ranking pecking order on Thursday night, easily crushing its competition by dragging in 12.4 million viewers. Flash strong, <coughs> excuse me, helped ABCs dominate all of the networks on, for Thursday's ratings. With continued performance like that, an early second season announcement would not be a surprise. You yeah, know,
3: now let's contrast this with this next story. And this this story we're calling the Dollhouse Death Watch. The ratings for Dollhouse, even though, Miles, you watched it, right?
2: Oh, I did. I caught yeah. it, yeah.
3: So and we're going to be talking about that a little bit later on. But Dollhouse uh, had the one, some of the worst ratings ever for it when it premiered. It was among, uh, it, it rated, I believe it was, two and a half million. Now, how many did Flash Forward rate at?
2: Wow, uh, $12.4 million.
3: So, I mean, there's just no comparison with these shows. It's it's terrible. I mean, you should hear what people are saying. TV rap saying it's barely registered with live viewers. Uh, Digital Spy said it was the show's lowest ever audience last night. Dollhouse went right back to where it left off, the lowest rated show on a major broadcast network, said live feed. And the second season launch of Dollhouse actually lost viewers from Brothers, plummeting its lowest ratings to date, hit fix. Um, wow. Yeah, terrible, terrible ratings in back. Now we don't. We again, we've said this on the show before. We don't know if this is taking into account time shifting viewing or people viewing it in Hulu. But whatever the case is, it's not a good. It's not a good start. It's not a good start. I don't know what else you can say about it. It's not a good no, start.
2: Say, <laughs> you know, listeners, if you like Dollhouse, contact Fox, tell me you like the show. Um, you know, email them, write them, call them, whatever. But um, or else we're gonna be saying goodbye to the show soon, which which would be really too bad.
3: Yeah, and uh, and it will be too.
2: In uh, other ABC News uh, v, ABC just split the series production hall continues. Since ABC first announced they were rebooting rebooting the 1980 sci-fi alien invasion series v, it seems all we've heard about the production has been negative. In a last announcement, ABC ha- have told. Uh, Entertainment Weekly, that they are now only going to air the first four episodes before they'll take it off their schedule, and the final episodes of the season won't return until after the Olympics in March. Further, production was halted for two weeks due to issues we can only speculate about. An ABC spokesman has now confirmed the halt will continue for at least another month. Sadly, V is looking like a series with too many problems. I had to wager to put money on the idea that the season will be the end of it. V will premiere on Tuesday, November 3rd at 8 p.m. But knowing you'll only get four episodes in light of ABC's recent treatment of Defying Gravity, will you bother to invest your time?
3: And that is also, a great question. Yeah. What, will you bother to invest your time?
2: I will because I want to see this show. Um, <laughs> I, I liked, I enjoyed V back in the 80s when it was on. I, I'm going to invest the time to watch it.
3: Now, you were also going to say something else about V. I'm sorry I cut you off. Oh,
2: oh just. Um, for listeners, there's two more trailers for the show. Just, just give you a little bit more, a uh, little bit more of it. Um, so I would just say, you know, if you end up liking the show, contact ABC. Tell them, you know, keep V going.
3: And I believe one of those trailers was the one that they aired during Flash Forward. I don't know if you saw the trailer during Flash Forward since you kind of skipped through the commercials. But
2: I caught it on Hulu.
3: Yeah. So I mean, it's it's a uh, you know. It's just, it seems like a bonehead mood by ABC. You give four episodes and then you don't bring it back for May. How do you ever establish an audience?
2: I don't see how you can. I mean, unless you're serious about, you know, watching. I mean, unless you're, if you're a sci-fi fan and you're looking forward to this show, you'll stick with it. But they're going to try to catch other viewers and there's, that's just no way to catch viewers.
3: It is not. I, I don't know what they're thinking. Maybe there's some science behind it that I don't know, but... Seems kind of perplexing to me.
2: I, uh, yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, in other uh, other shows that don't seem to be doing so well here, at least at the start, seem to be Fringe. And uh, it seems like Fox's choice a moving Fringe to a Thursday is now not doing so well. It used to air, of course, on Tuesdays where it was ranked the number one program on the night and consistently raked in 10 million viewers. So that's like flash-forward level, right? Clearly, they were attempting to take away from their competition uh, rather than add to Fringe. So Fox decided to move Fringe's second season to Thursday. Um, everyone, except Fox, seems to seem that this move is a s- mistake, but now that the stats are in, there can be no further debate. Fringes, get this, Miles. Fringes, season premiere, saw ratings fall by 9%, and its most recent episode fell even more sharply, drawing in. Now, get this, a show that was bringing in over 10 million viewers last year. 5.9 million viewers. Roughly half of what it used to get. That's that's huge. That is huge. So, it's they say it's gone from easily checking to, Achieving the rank of number one to fighting for number four, what a, what a, uh, what a mess, <laughs> what a mess. That's all I can say.
2: I I don't know why Fox changed. The, you know why they just keep it on Tuesday nights and doing so well.
3: Yeah, yeah. Now I'm watching it because I mean I'm watching it. I'm loving it as you're going to hear. It is it, really an incredible show. If you haven't watched Fringe, you really got to check the show out. It's smart. It's intellectual and it's challenging. It's great, but. It is Thursday night, and if that's a problem for you, you're going to have to Tivo it or figure out another way to watch it. But, yeah. Yeah. We have two other items of news that we don't have time for in the TV compendium of our uh, podcast, and that is, of course, there's some news on heroes kind of having trouble as well at the, as uh, I say, the box office, but on the TV ratings. And, of course, we have some news on a miniseries called Riverworld. World. Both of those news items will be in our show notes, so please check them out at the scifidonnerpodcast.com. Let's go ahead and move into our, our movie news. Miles, you are the oh, man.
2: All right. Well, surrogates and Pandorum struggle at the box office, and we'll be reviewing this movie next week uh, or the following week. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, Touchstone Picture surrogates came in second in Overture Films. Pandorum limped in sixth at the box office over the weekend as two sci-fi films bombed with the family cartoon Cloudy with a chance of Meatballs*, While Tombstone has hoped... Uh, surrogates would be the top burner surrogates only managed to claw back uh 15 million of its 80 million budget as cloudy stole 24.6 million of its thunder from its second week of release pandorum fared worse for overture pulling in only 4.8 million less than half what was reasonably expected from the r-rated film so miles what do you think well that's i mean i really want to see surrogates uh, i'll still see it that's not going to I, I mean,
3: we have to see it we we're, we're talking about it in one of our upcoming shows so.
2: yeah we're, yeah, exactly but um i I, I, I want to see it I mean it looks good. Pandora looks interesting too. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the economy or just um,
3: timing of it, maybe I don't know t- yeah
2: timing's everything and maybe just may, maybe maybe it's just timing. kids are back to school and
3: I will tell um, you what if I were if I, if I was an investor in this movie, I would be PO'd. I'm only, get, I'm only getting 15 million dollars on my 80 million bag. Now, granted, it's probably going to be more like 30 or 40 bag. But you know this this movie, unless DVD sales become phenomenal or somehow gains momentum at second, you know, weekend coming up here, it doesn't look great for this movie.
2: No, uh, no, that's, that's too bad because um, it looks
3: impressive yeah it does it does indeed oh what are you gonna do uh other films that have some financial trouble we have some news that uh, jackson's film of the hobbit of course which we are all eagerly anticipating after the lord of the rings greatness and uberness i guess uh the question is are we ever going to see peter jackson's film the hobbit We, of course, know that this film has been embroiled in legal issues from the beginning. Problems with Peter Jackson's getting along with New Line Cinema or getting along with uh, one of the, was it New Line Cinema? I guess maybe they were getting along. Whatever the deal is, now Deadline Hollywood's reporting that there's money problems all over MGM Studios. And they, I guess, are co-financing the movie along with New Line. And because they're having some problems, uh, there's some questions about, are they going to have funds for The Hobbit? Now, uh, it's a no-brainer here. If you saw how much money those Lord of the Rings movies made, I don't care what other money you have to pull from what other project, you're gonna make sure that you have money for the Hobbit. That's my opinion, Miles. Uh,
2: I, I'm with you. I mean, they gotta make this movie. I mean, it's 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 a no-brainer. Um, make you know, make the, make a good movie on the Hobbit, and people come see it. They'll make it equals money.
3: Oh, yeah. If it's anything that looks like Lord of the Rings, people are hungering for more Lord of the Rings news. and uh, So I, I don't know. I, I'm hungering for more Lord of the Rings news. I'll put it that way. Let me put it that way. But I'm, I'm excited to see, of course, Ian McKellen back and and Gullum back, and it just seems like a winning combination.
2: I, I agree. They need to make this movie. I mean, the um, fans waiting for it for a long time. I mean, just get over yourselves, Hollywood, and make the movie. Yeah. What's the biggest cliche in modern horror films?
3: Ooh,
1: ooh,
2: I get it. No, go ahead. The loss of a cell phone signal. Can you hear us now? There's an awesome new YouTube uh, video with has these uh, modern uh, um, modern horror film cliches.
3: Yeah, and especially, I think, I think it's focusing on the cell phone signal when you watch it. I'll have it embedded in the show notes. You can check it out. Uh, but yeah, I guess if I think about it, and I don't watch a lot of horror, horror films, but it seems like whenever the hero needs, or the person, the main character of the movie that you're following, they lose the signal when they need it most. Yeah, is that true? Oh, oh, oh definitely. Are there any other cliches you can think of off bat?
2: I'm trying to think. I, I uh, you know, know.
3: The, the whole running in the dark woods type thing.
2: I'm trying. There's the running in the dark woods. Um, it's been a while since I've seen a modern um, horror movie. Um, Trying to think of anything, you know, older, um, cars break you know, car breaks down. Oh
3: yeah, absolutely. You know. Are answering the door like dark at night and opening it without even checking who's on the other side.
2: You know, uh, go going for help at some old, um, creepy looking house, you know?
3: Yeah. Being out in the wet weather in a white t-shirt and you're a woman.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of th- yeah. Th- those sound very familiar. You've, yeah, you've yeah. seen it before.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Me? I've never watched him in my life. Anyways, in other news, David Cronenberg is remaking The Fly once again. His 1986 sci-fi horror film, of course, with Jeff Goldblum, was, is a classic, and many still view it as revolutionary. And uh, the question becomes, why? Why do you actually make another f- remake of this? Any reason that you can think of, Miles? This is the
2: age of reboots and remakes, and I just wonder if if Hollywood is just suffering from um,
3: a lack uh, of creativity,
2: lack of creativity. I don't know. I mean, uh, is there there anything original anymore? And I mean, uh, granted, I like to see see remakes done on some things, especially if it's good, but it it just seems like it's being overdone. I mean, recently I heard there, I saw a trailer for a remake for uh, Nightmare on Elm Street.
3: yeah. Yeah, that franchise just never dies. You know, it it's it's really it's really hard to say how this will do. Of course, the nineteen eighty six version was a remake of Kurt Newman's nineteen fifty eight sci-fi classic called The Fly. I don't know. We should wait at least another forty years till we make another remake. And we were only twenty years, a little bit over twenty years from when the uh the latest one came out, so
2: Yeah, I remember when it came out, it just seems a little soon to be doing that right now.
3: It does indeed. Anyways, we have some Ghost Rider news. Go ahead, Miles.
2: In other news, uh, Dark Knight Knight's Goyer is taking over Ghost Rider. If there is one thing that could get us interested in another Ghost Rider movie, this is it. There's news that David Goyer, the writer behind the Dark Knight, not to mention ABC's Flash Forward and about a zillion Blade movies, will be writing a new take on the Marvel franchise. That should come as a relief to fans who thought that the first Ghost Rider, Flaming Skull notwithstanding, was something less than terrific, and those who thought Dark Knight was about the best freaking superhero movie ever committed to film.
3: Did, Miles, you saw Ghost Rider, right?
2: Yes, I did. And, and Did you like it? I enjoyed it for what it was. I didn't think it was—I mean, I didn't know it was, it was panned. I mean— um, uh, but I'm not familiar with the genre. I don't know how
3: well it stuck with the comic book. So I think that's probably where the people had a breakdown. I didn't. I didn't grow up reading the comic books, and I enjoyed the movie. It's not mm-hmm. a movie I will probably go back and watch again. At least not right away. But mm-hmm. but I enjoyed it. It was a good film. And so, hey, if the guy that Maul with Flash Forward here and the Blade movies and Dark Knight can bring even better life to it, so be it. I'm all for it. Yeah, me too.
2: I mean, um, I mean, they, they made an improvement on the Incredible Hulk movie, so with with the second one so oh maybe they, they absolutely
3: do- did and it's sort of somewhat question whether that's really a second movie or just a reboot but yeah i'm not sure yeah anyways we're gonna round out our news and movies but just briefly talking about a movie that we could spend a long time talking about a movie called the road that dimension films is making this movie apparently has been on tap for a long time it's been delayed they rescheduled it for more than a year and it's usually a sign that the film is in trouble, according to director D- John Hillcoat. uh he says the movie's not in trouble. the The studio was just over eager when they said to be out last year. They said they were always more realistic about their dates. Anyways, the uh, release date of The Road is coming out on November twenty fifth, which is pretty date too. It was a pretty good date too because it puts a film squarely in the holiday season, and it's traditionally the best time to get a film in front of the Oscar voters. So maybe some Oscar nods in this one. At least was what they're, that's what this article's indicating. Uh, it, this this uh, movie adaptation is a post-apocalyptic Earth, and it's set on, or it's based on Cormac McCarthy's Pulitzer Prize bestseller. Uh, it's got a great cast, headlined by Viggo Morrison you know, and and Cody Smith McPhee. It's got a serious sci-fi movie era. It's a serious sci-fi movie in the era of superheroes and cannibalistic cheerleaders. And Hillcoat makes it sound pretty amazing, which you would hope the director would. Anyways, if you don't know anything about the movie, the movie uh, follows the journey of an unnamed father and his young son as they attempt to survive a post-apocalyptic world. Miles, this sounds like your type of movie.
2: Yeah, there hasn't been any new um, post-apocalyptic movies in quite some time. so
3: I guess you might be able to consider Flash Forward sort of a post-apocalyptic, although I'm not sure they're really calling it that
2: no i mean this 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 seems to be more in the, in the known genre of post-apocalyptic uh
3: stories yeah so anyways this is a movie and i i'm looking forward to this i haven't heard a lot about it When this news came across it kind of caught my eye um and i've yet to see a trailer of it there has to be a trailer out there you would think with only two months to go to release don't you think miles
2: I, I would think i'm gonna check it out later
3: i gotta check it out when i have time after i'm done editing the podcast and everything else that we do. let's move on into some sci-fi DVD and video and wrap up our new segment of the show with this. All
1: right.
3: We have, we have three different, yeah, we have three different, uh, DVD items. The first one is for a two DVD volume set for Stargate universe season one. Now Stargate universe season one, of course, premieres this Friday. By the time you're listening to this podcast there's a good chance. It will of course have aired, um, what they are doing for the DVD release of Stargate Universe, so this is kind of, of course, pre because they haven't released them. They just said the Stargate Universe has been tons of fun so far and um, and that what they're going to do is they're going to release the first 10 episodes as like a volume one together with a sizable amount of features and then release uh, the back 10 episodes uh, as volume two. Um, uh, and presumably, after the episodes air on Sci-Fi in 2010, so it sounds like this first DVD might be coming out in January. You know, kind of to you know get everyone back up to speed before it shows in the spring again. We don't know much more. Of course, Stargate Universe premieres October second, two thousand nine. And I forget what you said, Miles. Are you going to be checking out the show or not?
2: Uh, I will be checking out Stargate Universe.
3: Yes. Okay. Good. Well, we'll have to see what you think of it after Friday night.
2: Yeah, uh, Clone Wars uh, Season 1 is going to be out on on DVD. Um, Clone Wars goes back to the original Star Wars film when Obi-Wan tells Luke Skywalker that he was once a Jedi Knight, same as your father, and they fought together in the Clone Wars. Since that moment, the fans have been obsessed with the Clone Wars were. The new TV series takes place immediately after the events of Star Wars Episode II, At- Attack of the Clones. The series follows Obi-Wan Kenobi and his apprentice, Anakin Skywalker, and it introduces us to new characters such as Ashoka, Tano, and Girl, Jedi Knight, as well as characters we already know. Uh, the features of this DVD, uh, 22 episodes, including seven director's cut episodes, 22 behind-the-scenes featurettes, including director and crew and re- Interviews an exclusive 64 page production journal with original sketches and artist notes and a sneak peek of season two. Oh,
3: I'm excited about this. I don't know if I'll buy them, but I'll definitely they'll definitely be in Netflix for me.
2: Yeah. And uh, season one was really good. I I mean, uh,
3: so I'm definitely looking forward to when season two starts. Yeah. And that does that start this Friday or is that next Friday? I think it's this Friday. This Friday it's coming out i'm not totally sure i think it is october 2nd i think that we reported on that a few uh a month or two ago and i'm uh i'll, I'll have two shows i need to watch now i'm glad we're House 13 is done so i have at least one show i don't need to watch anymore even though i love that show as you're going to hear and something
2: <laughs> you and i are both looking forward to uh battle the plan Woo! yes uh, cheers we are definitely eagerly awaiting this uh this is coming out on dvd um before they release it on TV, I think uh, the Cylons begin as humanity's robot servants. They rebelled and revolved, and now they look like us. Their plan is simple. Destroy the race that enslaved them. But when their devastating attack leaves human survivors, silence have to improvise. Ballester Galactica, the plan tells the story of two powerful silent leaders working separately. And their determination is to finish the task. Uh, whatever DVDs you, you list mention,
3: uh, no, Coast. You don't need to read that. All right. <laughs> That's just uh, other notes. <laughs> um yeah, the we're looking forward to this. We've been anticipating the plan for a long time. I think ever since they first began announcing it back in the spring, am I right, Miles?
2: Yeah, they talked about when when um season 4 was wrapping up.
3: Yeah, so we we had we we we're excited about this. Um it was supposed to air on in Sci-Fi in October, and the Sci-Fi has pushed it back and I don't even know if there's an air date for that yet. But they're still releasing the DVD. I believe October 27th is the date. And yeah. uh it's definitely one that needs to be on your Netflix and you need to check it out. And better yet, you can support our podcast by visiting the sci-fi, my sci-fi store.com. Mm-hmm. And that of course will save you 40 percent on these DVDs that we're mentioning, especially Stargate Universe, the Clone Wars, and the Plan. Mm-hmm. So a place to check it out. And hey, what a better way to start your Christmas shopping than buying it through our store. Yes. So that's absolutely great. Well, Miles, we're going to move into our main show. We have an awesome interview that's coming up. Christopher Heyerdahl. We're going to be talking about that in just a moment. Before we do that, we're going to give some props to our friends across the big sea, the Aussie Geek Podcast. Make sure you check it out. The Aussie Geek Podcast brings you the best from the world of technology. Each week, Dave, Kate, and Keith, the token Canadian, bring you the highlights from the week's technology news, along with great software finds and the best of the web. The geeks are joined by friends of the show who bring their own unique and global perspectives on the world of technology and the way we live in it. Join us each week for the Aussie Geek Podcast. Subscribe today in iTunes or visit us at aussiegeekpodcast.com. The Aussie Geek Podcast. Bloody Awesome Tech. Welcome back to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. We have an exciting, thrilling interview to bring you tonight. This interview that we're doing, we did at Shore Leave, and I will be honest with you, although Miles may disagree, he was probably one of... He was he was my favorite guest at Shore Leave to hear speak. Uh, I know that Picardo... You, you like Picardo a lot, right, Miles?
2: Yes, I do. Yeah, but so... I, go ahead. A little, uh, Christopher Heyerdahl was... Uh, very, uh, very approachable at this uh, sci-fi convention. Yeah, I mean. very
3: entertaining and the whole nine yards. Um, and this guy, if you don't know who Christopher Heyerdahl is, you've been in a closet from sci-fi shows because you, you may not know the name, but you've seen his work. Miles, what have you seen him on? Uh,
2: me, I've seen episode of Smallville. He played um, well, Clark Co- Kent's uncle, um, uh... Uh, um, his, Zarell, kid. Zarell, right? Zarell,
3: yeah, yeah, Zarell, and he's been, of course, he was in Stargate SG One, Stargate Atlantis as one of the Jinnai, and then also Todd the Wraith, probably his most famous role. He was on Supernatural as Alistair, Alistair, and then he, of course, was on. He's in the latest incarnation, or the latest season of, and actually all the seasons of Sanctuary, which of course he plays Jack the Ripper. A phenomenal, phenomenal actor, a phenomenal human being. One of the things that impressed me, Miles, about him when we were down at Shirley is that he just didn't hibernate in his room, right? He went to fan panels, actually sat in on him, discussing his characters. It was He was a pretty down-to-earth guy, like you said.
2: Yeah, I th- if you're a fan of any of the shows that he was on, I mean, this was a treat for you because you could get up and close and personal with him. He was really cool with, I mean, you know, if he was walking by, he asked, get a picture with him. He said, sure, no problem. I mean, I, I took a couple pictures for him, you know, for fans with him and, and everything. So if, if you're a fan of his, you got to see him at a sci-fi convention. He's just great.
3: Yeah, and uh, I think this was only a second one, but man, he really should do a lot more. Of course, mm-hmm. maybe you get burnt out then. Uh, anyways, Christopher Heyerdahl, we're going to be bringing you this interview in two parts. It's a really lengthy interview, and we don't want to lengthen the show too much longer than it already is. But uh, so part one's this week. We're going to try and bring part two to you next week. If we don't, it's going to be split up because we're talking about the surrogates film. Um, But uh, either way, we will bring you the second part within the next two weeks here. And um, I guess that's about it. We hope you enjoy this interview with Christopher Heyerdahl.
0: the best. Until this war is over, you'll be safer on Earth.
1: The journey takes three years.
0: It's the only way. The council destroyed all the remaining portals. The general Zod and his men couldn't escape.
1: What if I never see you again?
0: I'm your father, Kara. Trust my wisdom.
1: Everything and everyone that I love is here on Krypton.
0: This crystal is your way back to us. As long as you have it the world you know and love will be safe
1: why can't you come with me
0: i'm needed here to protect kendo you must protect the crystal it contains instructions for what you must do when you rescue your cousin kalel i don't want to go remember Kara, the true kryptonian embraces their destiny no matter what
3: so vanessa angel i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, thanks for agreeing to do this and uh, sit down and chat sure. with us. It's been s- <laughs> Vanessa. <laughs> no, Vanessa. <laughs> so, Vanessa, tell us about Kingpin. No, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. It's been an absolute pleasure just to be here and just to watch you interact. I, I love the fact that, I guess it was yesterday, you went and sat in on the sanctuary panel.
0: Yeah.
3: And it was just kind of impromptu. And there's not very many of the actors that do that. Uh, it was just kind of cool to see... Your lightheartedness, not taking yourself seriously, <laughs> it's just great. It was fun, I was just in the, uh, uh,
0: the Supernatural <laughs> yeah. one as well, so it was fun. It was
3: fun. Yeah. Well, you, you talk about it in a whole new level. Uh, I know,
0: it's the air conditioning. Um, my Norwegian heart. Yeah, well, I'm Cold, Scott. By the way. I'm a cold-blooded creature. Scott. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. You're, you're Chris. Pleasure. Yeah, Christopher. <laughs> no, 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 no.
3: Do you go by Christopher most times? What, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Tell me whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, people have talked about. I've been talking about Sanctuary. They've been talking about, uh, obviously, Stargate Atlantis, um, and obviously Supernatural. They don't mention Smallville. I, don't know. <laughs> I can't be believe it. Di- must be a different genre. It must be <laughs> superheroes. Are we had a sci-fi convention? There, there were
0: a couple of heroes fans here, though, So that's kind of the uh, same I guess it's just not uh, the not, not the. Crossover. Well, and, and,
3: you, and you said you're a fan of the show, right? Absolutely. Okay. So you still watch it religiously? Religiously? No, I'm not a religious watcher of the show. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> No shrine in the corner. No,
0: no, I try and I try and keep my Sundays for other activities. <laughs> right, 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 right. Saturdays and Sundays.
3: Well, tell us a little bit about your role in Smallville. Um, Zorrell, right?
0: Yeah, he's, uh, he's Supergirl's bad daddy. <laughs> uh, slightly, Another bad sli- role. Slightly misguided daddy. <laughs> um, he's uh, you know and, so, and he's uh, of course the, the uncle of, uh, of Superman and. Uh, um, where we find him here I mean there's so many different uh, different takes on Zorel and that, what where they went with this one it was they did a couple of flashbacks where she's had her memory erased and we slowly she slowly starts to get her memory back and have these images of her father um, as this. Absolutely amazing, wonderful, loving man. that Has never done anything questionable um, in his attempts to uh, either find the woman he loves, or um, you know, saving his people, or you know, any of these things. So, um, so then we, uh, you know, we we see, we see this action of him taking taking her memory away, and um, and uh, and then we we have a we have a scene, of course, with. Uh, with Helen, where uh, where he's you know, meeting his, his, his long love and trying to convince her that you know they should be together. She says, "No, no, I'm with your brother, and we have a child coming." And of course, it's the beginning of of of, of Superman. Right? Um, and so it's you know we see his slightly uh, his slightly. Uh, Tunnel visioned uh, <laughs> personal view of the world and, and what is important what is it, and then uh, and then we seem come back and uh, as a um, oh my gosh, I know, how would you how would we describe it? I mean, you know, as his crystal se- crystalled self. Right. Um, it's like a replicant. Yeah, basically a replicant, and and uh, and uh, the replicators are out. Yeah, the exactly exactly. Um, <laughs> And uh, trying to take over, sorry, uh, and uh, trying to basically get rid of all the human beings and uh, repopulate the planet uh, with his own kind. sounds like a very noble... I don't, I don't really see the problem with that. It's a very noble cause, um, but, uh, of but it all, good old super, good old our hero Superman had other other ideas. He seems to like these human beings for some reason. <laughs> yeah. you gonna say Miles? I just very short sighted to understand. Exactly. Uh, uh, you got to see the big picture. Big, big picture. Yeah. 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 <laughs> One of those big picture guys. You know. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. So he's 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 a he's a he's a just a good-hearted old guy who just wants the best for his people at everyone else's expense.
3: Now, does Smallville, um, Supernatural, Stargate Atlantis? I guess SG One. You were also in, right? I did one episode of SG One. Yeah. yeah, and then, um, and then obviously Sanctuary. Are these like major sci-fi shows that you've been in, or have there been others that people aren't mentioning?
0: Well, I think if I was in any other major sci-fi shows, people would probably know. Right, right. That, I just that's the uh, that's no. I just mean that as far as the passion right. of people around here, um, I've um, I haven't really done too much other sci-fi. There's one, which is again more like a graphic novel feel, which was um, uh, Matthew Blackheart
1: and where I
0: played you know, Dr. Mortis who was trying to take over the world and you know, he was definitely one of these evil guys trying to take over the world sort of characters very fun um, So this is a trend is with the, you? I, I've certainly done a few I mean I did you a um, the, evil evil of the Dark
3: Yeah the Dark uh, the evil character taking over the world
0: Yeah Yeah I touch on him now and then but I've also done characters that what we call the regular old character role where basically a good person and, uh, you know, having to deal with the bad guy. So I, I'm pretty lucky in my career where I get to play the good guy, the bad guy, and
3: everything in between. The freaks, the geeks, and everything. Yeah, you know, it's fun.
1: Yeah.
3: And so currently it's Supernatural. Hey. Uh, not Supernatural. The sanctuary. Uh, sanctuary. Thank you. Let's start with the Nats. Yeah, right.
0: yeah. Supernatural just started, uh, just started up their, their next season. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So you mentioned height. Who's taller? You or Christopher Judge?
0: taller than Judge. Because he's a pretty
3: tall man. Are he's you taller pretty, than Ron? He's a
0: tall guy. He's a big guy. Yeah, I think I'm taller than Jason as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and my, my flats, I'm sure I'm taller than him, even, even in boots. Yeah, I think he's like 6'3". How about your high so heels? Tall? Sweetie, on a Friday night <laughs> depends which heels I've got on <laughs> no. to guy. that's right, night, right. Night,
3: night. no was that your Alistair was coming in there, no
0: or? that was just my guy that wears high heels on a Saturday <laughs> Friday night <laughs> no, no, of course no, no. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, tell us a little I'm bit I'm sure it. Alistair will wear heels on a Friday night he would never problem with that <laughs> no probably <Yeah>. not
3: <laughs> oh man are you are you is, is Alistair going to be back to Supernatural hey, you know, it's supernatural, anyone can come back, right? Right, right, because yeah, he's they been know. dead how many times?
0: Um, well, his meat suit's been twisted off him three times, but the last time, theoretically, it was the demon that was killed. So, but it's it funny because I, when, I, when I saw the episode, I just thought, okay, there goes the smoke. The, the smoke always goes away, right? So where did the smoke go? It just seems to. So I don't know. <laughs> so did, I know. They did, might did get across. Ha- d- did Santa have the power to kill him? I don't know. I'll see. I'll
3: see. <laughs> now the place that I became familiar with you was not actually smaller. I stopped after season three, and you know yeah. whatever. I got lost in the mess, and I remember I remember Zarell being around, but I didn't watch it. I, I saw you obviously at Stargate because I was a huge Stargate fan while it aired. I'm sad that there's no role in the upcoming movie for you. Oh, thanks, So, but uh, either as Holling or Todd. um, But it it was, I didn't know you were Todd for a long time because I didn't follow the, you know, who's playing what character. I always enjoyed the series. And um, it was a good way to preach and then to find out later and be surprised, hey, this guy's playing. It's kind of like what Michael Shanks played, the little alien creature thing from Thor. Didn't he play Thor? I don't know. Did you watch Stargate? <laughs> I did. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I think he played. I didn't know he, played, did he Did he voice that character? He voiced. Um, it was Thor. I, n- and I know it was. Um, or is it the uh, other one?
0: Well, I'm not sure if he if he voiced that character or not. It. Yeah, it was Thor. You know, so I know it was Nicholas Poppery who did the manipulation of Thor. Okay, oh, okay. He was the puppeteer. Um, I think he voiced it, it? I'm not sure. You think it was, was Shanks I yeah?
3: think so. Yeah. Yeah. But I, all, well, all my fans will correct me. They'll write and say, "Exactly, hey, exactly." Hey, so, I'm wrong. I did not know that, man. Hey, you're talking to Christopher, <laughs> <laughs> but no. Um, so it's, it, it was it was cool experiencing it that way, and um, and Todd became one of these lovable characters that you hated and loved at the same time, and, uh, uh, well, really kind of like uh, your character in um, in uh, I'm going to say Supernatural again, but it's not okay. Sanctuary. It's Sanctuary. Okay. It's Sanctuary. You know where you kind of. Love them, hate him, don't trust them. Same as Todd. Good. But, well, thanks. Uh, it, it makes well, me feel like I've succeeded. At, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Tell us about preparing to play
0: Todd. Play Todd. Uh, uh, it was pretty easy because the script was just so. You know, it, was, it was great. Everything was was laid out there. The, the levels of of. Uh, I mean, what do we want to say? We want to say humanity, but there was an actual. A full-fledged being there, right? That uh, he'd been in in this uh, this prison for so long, had been tortured for so long. We realize he's been alive for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. You know, he's been through a lot, so he's not the average wraith that just goes. That's it. He has depth. (laughs) Well, yeah. You know, he feels pain. He expresses himself. He feels joy. He feels um, a friendship. He feels uh, a connection. He's capable of all these... Oh, my gosh. He's capable of all these things that we're all capable of. Interesting. And no Wraith could do that. Right? So it was the, it was bringing that aspect of the character that just... You know? It in, in sense brought humanity brought. to the Wraith. Yeah. Which or were a very... three-dimensional equation. You know, it's an actual... Uh, an honorable creature, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know if you can hear the jingle jangles. Yeah, hey, you can hear it.
3: You <laughs> <laughs> You're interviewing Robert Ricardo, and the same things happen. Jingle, 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 jingle. That's good. So you know, you, you have to you you wear your jingle. I know.
0: Well, right. I, I got you? my jingle jangles on the inside. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so that it just made the character faster. right? right? Made, made right. on equal. You just have two people talking to each other. It was the, the fun way we the way we shot it, so that you didn't know it was a wraith up the top. Um, you just know there's a guy in the next cell. I'm
3: just keeping in touch with
0: everybody. Thank you. Um, that you have somebody, um, <laughs> you have somebody uh, in the in the next cell, but you don't know that it's the wraith that's feeding. On that was the idea, right? Mm-hmm. So you actually meet this person. Yeah. And then you realize, oh, that's not a person. That's a life sucking Right. But you've already, hopefully, already made some kind of connection with that with that other cellmate. Right. Yeah.
3: And so your preconceived notion becomes different, and that thus it changes your perception of them right away. Exactly. And what a great way to introduce the character. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Do you have any favorite Todd moments?
0: Um. Well, there's always that moment where, where he's uh, he's talking to Carter. Uh, and asked her to shake his hand. That right, right. That's already fun. That's just because him. it was Amanda. Well, that's good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> caught. Yeah. Guilty as charged. <laughs> right, right. No. Um, there, are, I th- there is that moment—the um, uh, moment where he does reveal himself in, in uh, Common Ground, mm-hmm. um, where he's saying, "You know, why, why? How do you know my name? How do you know that that, that happened?" And he comes around through the bars, and he says, you know, I realized it just before I started feeding on him.
1: Uh, and he like, oh my gosh, the guy that was upstairs.
0: So that moment is cool. Um, the uh, There's the time where he takes over uh, the Daedalus. When he thinks I love he's been um, double-crossed. Double right, right. And ultimately he doesn't care whether he's been double-crossed. He just wants wants the Atero device finished. That's all he cares about.
3: But that, that whole ship scene where they take over is it's great. Um, and, I, and I I loved when they brought Ricardo on as part of the in the role of Woolsey. It was just it was just a great addition. And he had kind of been creeping into this the franchise overall. But what was it like working with Robert? Phenomenal. Phenomenal. <laughs> Phenomenal. I mean he's really
0: one of our great character actors that we have. And um, Spinning everything, then everything, talent. He's he's someone who's capable of playing, right? And ready to throw him so he doesn't care if he looks a fool or if he looks cool. He'll just dive in and do it. Mm-hmm. And so it's just fun to play with people like that. Um, Does that tend to be your trait? I try, that's what I try and do. No, it, it seemed oh, that way up here in front. It. That you yeah. Don't, yeah. <laughs> Just dive in and have fun, right? Right, right. So, whether you're up you know, on stage or whether you're on the sound stage, it makes no difference, right? Dive mm. in and have fun. I and mean, we can just cut around it. People are going to remember what they remember, just as the editors are going to cut out what they don't want to see anymore and like, leave in what they do. So, you try and create, throw in as many possibilities as you can, and then trust that the people on the other end are going to make it look as ridiculous or fantastic as, <laughs> as they so want to. Right, yeah. right, right, right. As, as is appropriate. It's not up to me to make those choices when. Right. So, it's fun.
3: And, and, and it's a lot better than trying to watch everything you saw
0: Well, but then you're <laughs> you know? observing yourself. I know. Observe yourself, observe yourself, <laughs> Observing yourself, observe, you know. That's which the, is nuts,
3: which is nuts
0: that's not, that's not, that's not the actor's job. That's a Todd character, you had to wear the prosthetics and the makeup. Yep. Um, uh, how long would it take to get to, to apply all that? Four hours. <laughs> Four hours. Yeah. Yeah. So we'd start, uh, the boys would, uh, welcome me into the, uh, special effects wagon at about, uh, 3 15,
1: 3
0: 30. And, uh, have the music cranked and. <laughs> the torture table ready to go, <laughs> and uh, and in we go. And uh, four hours later, we'd be walking on set doing
3: uh,
0: doing our rehearsals and with the leather costume on and. The nails on and and, and, and re- ready to rip. Ready to How, uh, suck some. Life. Exactly. How <laughs> uncomfortable
2: was the prosthetics? I mean, was it? Uh,
0: they're actually pretty comfortable. I mean, uh, they're so well made now. They're so light. Okay. Now they're so pliable. Now it's really they come so far with these things. Um, and with something like the with the wraith mask, it's actually quite thin. Um, so. Aside from the fact that you've got uh, latex uh, foam and, and, and glue all over your face, it's pretty comfortable. <laughs> right, 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 except for that fact. Yeah, and contacts in your eyes and a uh, big wig on your head and uh, leather clothes on. And
3: that um, uh, is totally comfortable. <laughs> Did they keep the set fairly cool in order to accommodate that or Not really. <laughs> not really. <laughs> <laughs>
0: They did their best. Yeah. They did their best. It's difficult simply because you've got, you know, these huge, huge bulbs flashing down. They create a lot of heat just to keep the place lit properly. It just heats everything up. So it's uh, they open as soon as they're done, they open up the doors, but they've also got smoke all the time. So they get these great shafts of light. So you can't have, then the smoke goes out, then the smoke comes back in, then, you, then they close the door. It's it's a logistical thing as well, but if they made it as cool as possible, it would just slow the day down so much. So you have to suffer a little bit uh, in order to get the day done. and that's okay. They do they, they do what they can. a, a of gate
1: of shot. It looks like I'm about
0: to kill you. <laughs> Killed by a Japanese schoolgirl. <laughs> I'm a member of the Nerd Herd. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You you can have your fantasy and I can have mine. (laughs) Right. I'm a member of the Nerd Herd, will kick your ass. (laughs) Okay, Chuck. That's right. I can't
1: believe you made me anime character. On the other hand, does that work for you? That works for me. Have you checked
0: that?
3: (laughs) Yeah. Well, we hope you enjoyed that interview with Christopher Heyerdahl. We know we enjoyed interviewing him. It was it was this awesome. I don't know, Miles, one story I do have to tell about this. This was, what, our 12th interview that we did that weekend?
2: Yeah, something like that. Yeah,
3: and my brain is absolutely fried by that time. I'm like, okay, interview number 12, here we go. And, and while it was totally awesome, there was times where I'm forgetting what shows he's in, and you'll probably hear this in the podcast, we still had a great time and had a great interview, but just to be real, it was a long weekend. By the by, by day three, it was like, well, which direction am I going, you know? Right. I'll <laughs> see why. Yeah, it was, it was kind of that way. Anyways, if you like this show, please, please, we would love to have your support for the show, and you can do that in many different ways. Uh, by visiting the sci-fi diner podcast dot com backslash support. One of the ways that you can support the show, we don't mention this much and we don't mean in any way to be money grubbers, but we would definitely love to have some financial support for those of you who love the show. If you go to our site, there's a PayPal link from the uh, support page and you can donate 50 cents a cost the a cup of a cost uh, a cup of coffee a month, whatever it costs that. Excuse me, let me repeat that. And you can donate the cost of a cup of coffee once a month. You can do it recurring. You can do it one-time donation. Anything you can do to just help out. It helps pay for hosting, helps pay for our equipment, um, helps pay for our brain surgery, which you need to get after doing a show like this. Whatever. We need the money. or We, we, need, we, we would love to have you participate in the podcast by just helping out by giving financially. You can also find out more information about the things we talk about and support the show by leaving comments after our show notes, which you can find at the sci-fi diner Podcast.com. We want your thoughts on it. So please respond. We've been having some discussion happening there as well. And we would love to have more people. If you're a podcaster and you have a dynamite promo, you want us to play on this show, please send it to us at sci-fi diner Podcast at gmail.com. Or right, you can find us on Twitter and maybe Twitter it to us if you want. We, of course, have our store, themysci-fi-store.com, nice And our Twitter handle is, of course, Sci-Fi Diner. And, uh, Miles, you mentioned this earlier in the show. Why don't you mention it one more for posterity's posterity save? What's your Twitter handle?
2: I am at, uh, Sun of Warf at Twitter. And something else you could do for us, uh, we would love it if you go to iTunes and, uh, give us a five-star review. That would just, um... Put us in the rankings and just give us more visibility.
3: That would that would, that would create a warm spot in my heart. They would do that. Mine too. Yes. Um, <laughs> and anyways, uh, Miles, you gave your Twitter, right? I don't remember what we're talking about right now. Did you give your Twitter, Miles? I, I did. Okay. Oh, my Twitter is Hertzog H-E-R-T-Z-O-G. Come join the conversation, join the fun. i been getting a lot of Twitter feedback on the different shows that are happening that are premiering. Prove your geek cred, please. Come and uh, try out and to answer our Dollhouse trivia this week, and you too can win a copy of Batman Beyond. I believe that's it, Miles. I don't have anything else to say. Uh, you can email us at the Podcast at gmail.com. Call us at 1-888-508-4343 and leave your thoughts on the shows you're watching, the movies you're seeing, and, uh, and, and what you think of the show. We would love to hear from you. That's it. Let's get out of here, Miles.
2: All right. Until then, good night and good luck. Bye.